Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. All right, Calvary Bible Church, welcome into another week of Beyond Sunday. Randy, thanks for joining me. I had no choice. <laughs> uh, no one held you at gunpoint. That's um, true. And uh, I don't have, I'm not armed right now, but I have, mm-hmm. a, I have a joke for you. Okay. okay. So this is not a riddle or like one that requires your anything but your laughter, your kind of laughter. But anyway, did you hear that the, uh, the guy who wrote the Hokey Pokey, he passed away. He, uh, they had trouble at his burial. They put him in the casket, put his right foot in, and he put his right foot out. <laughs> did you hear that uh, one before? Never. Never heard that, yeah. I try hard not to hear such things. They put his left foot in, and he put his left foot out, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Nate Eisenhower joke. <laughs> that's right up his alley. Man, that's a good one, though. He told me that, and that got a good chuckle out of me. Anyway. I wish Nate would stick to poetry. Writing, He writes really good poetry. I wish he would stick to that and not the jokes. I don't tell you his cow jokes, though. He's got a lot of utter jokes. I have. I won't go there. I'll oh, spare, my. In Lancaster County. spare you all from the utter jokes. All right. Into Psalm 80. Hmm. I was not here on Sunday. You weren't? I was not. Okay. I was in New York. Um, but I did listen to the whole sermon. Wow. The whole thing. Um, bless your heart. But I'm going to need your help just a little bit. Okay. Um, so, Psalm 80. As, I'll do my best to sum it up mm-hmm. from what I heard. Uh, Psalm 80, crying out to God. Did I say 180? Mm-hmm. Psalm 80. <laughs> <laughs> Psalm 80. I don't know why 180 is in my head. Psalm 80, uh, the psalmist Asaph, or Asaph, whatever you want to call the guy. Good. I'll call him Asaph. Um, He crying out to God and discipline because he's feeling the Lord's, (laughs) you're giving me a look, discipline. Uh, And that that was one of the things that stuck with me through it. So um, I guess my question for you is, um, you you touched on it at the end, but what are the ways, can you rehearse them for me, the ways in which we see the Lord's discipline at times in our lives? Do you want to correct something I said earlier? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just waiting. That was it. That was it? That was the first question. I think, um, I, I think what I went through was... Um, I went through a a short list of some of the potential ways in which the Lord uses troubling circumstances to help us reach new levels of peace, righteousness, holiness, all of that language coming from Hebrews 12, for instance, where Mm -hmm. we know the discipline of the Lord is based upon an um, an Old Testament concept coming out of Proverbs 3. So... I listed, for instance, um, the consequences of my own sinful choices. Mm-hmm. That was the first one that hit me when I w- look back over my life. So that there are times, I think, where you too would be able to look as a child of God and say, yeah, the Lord really has taught me because of what I put myself through. That's on me. Consequence of, of your sin, you blow up in anger, and a relationship is yeah, it's hurt. Damage could it. be potentially ruined, depending mm-hmm. on the response of the other person. So, so that's a great example. 
something like that. So I went through that short list. So starting with that, and then I went through those other, uh, the other kinds of trauma. Mm-hmm. So for instance, um, physical illness or accident, um, being subject to the sin of another person, for instance, why would God allow you to come into contact with so-and-so who hurts you so badly, something like that? You know, there, those, are, those are examples of such things. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I didn't memorize that whole list, but that's a few of the ones that were on that list. The first one I think you listed was our own stupidity, not necessarily sin, but just our own foolishness at times. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the one of the silver linings in our suffering, in the midst of discipline, is remembering that it's for our good, and that part of it's because we're a child. So mm-hmm. God loves those whom He disciplines. Yeah. Um, and I was introduced to a new term this morning from Chad, lawnmower parent. Do you know? I had not heard that before this morning. So no. this is a new one for me. Um, I'm out of student ministry for a year and a half, two years now, and I'm I'm, I'm gone. I'm out of yeah, the loop. That's right. So we're very familiar with helicopter parent. Yeah. A uh, helicopter parent is the parent who just wants to hover over their kids and know, you know, tracking their location on the phone. They're texting mm-hmm. them every half hour. They want to mm-hmm. know who their friends are, what their friends ate for dinner, and who mm-hmm. they're, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, lawnmower parent is the parent who wants to pave the way for their child so they're not walking through uh, any the difficult... Tall grass, yeah, yeah. The tall grass, the weeds, the situations yeah. they find themselves in. And, um, and God is... He's not a lawnmower parent. He does not um, make it easy for us just because we're in the family. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about a time when I made a mistake growing up. I've had a couple of minor car accidents, fender benders, all parking, and it's when I'm backing up. And I smashed one of our vehicles one time. It was the vehicle at the bottom of the hill in our driveway. I just didn't see it in the rearview mirror because it was below my elevation. I backed into that thing hard. It was a little Mercury Tracer station wagon. I backed into that thing with a CRV and smashed it pretty good. And then I also backed into a friend's car uh, with my Isuzu Trooper leaving the school one day. Didn't see it. Backed up real quick. Man. But guess who had to pay for the bill? This guy, <laughs> right? So you make that mistake. If you're listening, he pointed to himself. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so you make that mistake and you suffer the consequences for it, and, mm. and that does. It, it, I, to this day, when I back up, and thank the Lord for backup mm. cameras, mm. which we have in our minivan, mm. like, I think be careful. It's one of the reasons I back into parking spaces instead of mm-hmm. backing out of them. Um, but anyway, th- that's uh, just good news about, I don't know, it's twofold. It's good news about who God is as our parent, but I also think yeah. for those parents out there, it's also a good lesson into following God yeah. as, you know, just ways that he parents us. Yeah, and there's it, it's virtually impossible for a parent to protect the child to the level we would like to. It's impossible 
because of the world that we live in and because of their own choices and because of all the others around them, the other wills involved. But then, um, you know, the, the other, uh, the fact that we're in, you know, all of those hazards that I mentioned on, on Sunday, the hazards of living in a badly broken world mean that, you know, God sometimes protects us, but he doesn't always. And so that, that the good news coming out of Proverbs 3 or Hebrews 12 or Psalm 80 is that the relationship that we have with him is loving. So mm-hmm. he, as a loving Heavenly Father, is going to teach mm-hmm. us. And I use the word train because that's the word, that's the Greek term that's used in the Hebrews passage. So he's training us in the middle of the hardship and the heartache. And my attempt on Sunday was to say, would you also look at your life so that, you know, like Israel, you know that there are times in your life when you look back and afterward, that word coming out of Hebrews 12, afterward, you're able to see that God does restore you and he builds you up and makes you strong. And his face is looking at you again. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's pleased with you and he's favoring you again. Mm-hmm. But that's after uh, the temporary hardship. Yeah, Jason started off the service, I think, reading one of my favorite verses out of 1 Peter 5, after you have suffered a little while, Mm. God will himself. Mm. Yeah. And even for me, that was always a a reassuring truth to know that God himself, the personal God, Mm. will restore me. He reached down and restore me from my brokenness and my situation Yeah. um, and make me more strong, firm, and steadfast. Which would be the... Uh, you know, that's that's really the answer to the question, why? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and for you, if you're watching or listening, just remember that any type of uh, hardship that the Lord brings into your life allows into your life, if you like that term better, um, if you, you know, if, if you give him full credit and say, he's putting me through this on purpose, the purpose is clearly stated in those texts. So the reproof and the correction that you're getting, the training that you're getting in that environment creates a level of holiness that couldn't be created in my life any other way or in mm-hmm. your life. So it is, it is a, great, um, it's a great exercise in growing faith to give God, uh, to believe that God is sovereign in these traumatic events. Mm-hmm. And he's actually doing us a huge favor by being a good, loving, heavenly father that is training us in the midst of this. And so we are coming out the other side, of course, if we're exercised by it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I stress this enough, but remember that the, the one place in this psalm, let me just find the text again, but there one, the one request at the end of this psalm that I touched on briefly, I believe in the second point, was... Um, Let's see, it was the word, uh, help me to live. Um, make me live was the, uh, was the command, uh, was the request. So let me see if I can find it. I thought it was toward the end of the psalm. Uh, yes, in verse 18, give us life. So if you uh, remember that, that the ability for God to give us life is determined by our ability to be exercised by the discipline to be trained by the discipline. Say that one more time. In order for us to be given life, according to verse 18, Mm -hmm. that involves 
our ability to submit to the training. That's clear in, in Hebrews 12. So in Hebrews 12, it's critical that we are not wearied by this, but we're actually allowing it to develop us. That's an act of faith. And if we were going to link that back to earlier uh, lessons, either in the Psalms or in Hebrews, we would say, you know, please, uh, please uh, admit, confirm, affirm, confess that God is at work in your difficulty, training you for a particular level of holiness. And that's, uh, that's what this is all about. Mm-hmm. And I think knowing, too, that part of the reason for the difficulty might be the Lord's training is uh, it, that's a helpful truth to cling to or to respond in someone's question. Like um, one of our kids the other day asked about, you know, why did, why did God let that happen? Mm-hmm. And so to be able to uh, lead them through that question yeah. and say, well, part of it might be the Lord's teaching us, training us, disciplining mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. so that we trust Him more. Yeah, um, I think that's just yeah an important piece of it. Yeah, and hopefully in your life and in mine, um, hopefully you're able to look back after the fact, and you look you've gone through the trouble, and you know that your faith is different than it used to be. You know that your level of holiness is different than it used to be. Uh, that's the perspective that you gain afterwards, and I think again that's what Hebrews was all about. Mm-hmm. The only reason why I wanted that language to come through is because it doesn't necessarily come through in Psalm 80. What comes through is the repeated refrain of restore us and let your face shine on us. And so that's really uh, all Psalm 80 is designed to do, that if you're still in the midst of maybe under discipline right now of the Lord, this is a great prayer for you to pray. It's a sign that you're in relationship with him and you know that he is going to turn his face back around. Mm-hmm. It's good news for us. It's just, you know, it's still tough in the, in the middle of it. And that's, that's, you know, none of that seems joyous in the moment, says Hebrews. Yeah. It's no. not pleasant when it's happening. Mm-mm. Afterwards, it yields this peaceable fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, you referenced Psalm 23 just for a moment. Just a bit, yeah. Um, it drew me back to the phrase in that, that psalm, your rod and your staff, they comfort me, yeah. which are disciplining uh, Could be. tools. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been around enough sheep. There are yeah. some sheep that are ornery yeah. and uh, get pretty rammy yeah. in there. Yeah. And um, for the whole flock, actually, yeah. it's comforting to know that the good shepherd is just and he will carry out his discipline. Yeah. And sometimes that means we're disciplined, and that sometimes means others are disciplined. But either way, it's for the good of all involved. Um, and, yeah, to think of that disciplinary yeah. tool as a comfort, you yeah. know, the ping-pong paddle. The, those titles, the titles at the start of this, of this Psalm 80, O Shepherd of Israel, and then mm-hmm. You Who Are Enthroned Upon the Cherubim, those titles... They, they do speak to us. They do instruct us. To know that he's our good shepherd in the midst of the trouble is very, very important for us to, to cling to. That's, mm-hmm. that's filled with hope. But the other thing is, when I think of God enthroned above the cherubim, if, if indeed that image is supposed to 
show us the majesty and the holiness of God, mm-hmm. then it's, it, it's his holiness that puts us in the situation where he trains us. He mm-hmm. has to discipline us because he's a holy God and he needs us to match that holiness in time, uh, certainly perfectly when we meet him, uh, we will then be, uh, as one of the texts says in the New Testament, we'll be like him because we'll see him as he is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to the degree of that, whatever that likeness is, to whatever degree that likeness occurs, that's the result of God's work, but it's beginning in us now. So that holiness uh, about him and the shepherding quality, those two titles are also helpful mm-hmm. in times like these when we really want to be out from the discipline of God. And uh, anyone who has the, or has at least seen the, the children's handout, uh, what did we learn about God? Those are two, not contrasting or conflicting, but two equal and important aspects about who God is. Yeah. He is a shepherd, but he's also holy, and yeah. there's a, a mixture there that you yeah. know, contribute to who he is. And because we're in a relate, because let's, let's use good language here theologically, because he's brought us into a relationship with himself, mm-hmm. his holiness affects us. In other words, we cannot continue to be in his presence without holiness. And so he's building it in us all the time. Thankfully, of course, as you know, theologically, the righteousness of Christ covers us uh, in our imperfections and in our sinfulness, mm-hmm. but his his relationship with us allows him to build righteousness in up through a training process, and um, I just I just know I need it, and uh, I don't like it, but I need it. Yeah, uh, that was the last thing I noted here. Uh, the good news that despite the discipline, we can take comfort in the fact that we are children of God yeah. because of what Christ has accomplished for yeah, us. Yeah, that that. Discipline equals sonship. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a clear. It's the it's the evidence of it, according to mm-hmm. uh, Hebrews in particular. Yeah, you're God, a son. Yeah, he's not disciplining those who are not his children. He is not. I'm not in the business of disciplining other people's kids. I am not. <laughs> not usually. I'm yeah. Trying to think if right. there's any exceptions yeah. to the rule. Right. Yeah, it's enough candy for you. Yeah. I, I'll go that far, but that's about as far as I'll go. Um, <laughs> So yeah, no, that's good news. Anything else to add or subtract? No, no, it's a great, it's it's a great, um, it's a great prayer. You know, the Psalms often teaching us how to pray. Mm-hmm. This is a prayer that 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 we need. We need a group like us to be confident that we can pray. Lord, please restore us. Mm-hmm. You know, make your let let your face shine, that we may be saved in mm-hmm. the moment. Mm-hmm. And may I add, it's not even just the big moments of discipline where we look back and say, man, that was a hard stretch. There's daily disciplining and correcting that we need to ask for and um, ask God to restore us in. Yeah, if you you and I could just, uh, all of us, if we could, if you and I could have some self-awareness where, you know, I I wake up and start the day and I just, uh, I don't feel close to God in the, in the very moment, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a great time for me to, res, to say, restore me mm-hmm. right now. So it doesn't have to wait until the big, mm-hmm. you know, the big discipline. Uh, it, it's a, it could be a day-to-day, Lord, restore me to fellowship today. Mm-hmm. I need to feel your presence. I, I need to feel that you're smiling at me today. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's, that puts some stuff on me too, right? I can't, 
I couldn't expect as a young child, yeah. hey, you know, I want mom and dad to be happy with me, and yet I'm acting like an idiot. Right. Yeah. That's a great... That's not going to fly. No. That's a great illustration. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah, hopefully that was helpful. We're going to... Now be in Psalm 81 next week, or are you skipping around, or not skipping uh, around? We are forward? actually, uh, we are going to go, I uh, was uh, telling Jason, we are going to do um, Psalm 81, we are, because of... Um, it comes after Psalm 80. It does come after Psalm 80, Before good job. Psalm 180. It does, but I was pleasantly surprised yeah. about the... The uh, the presence of the the first great commandment. I mean, the I'm sorry, the first of the ten commandments is listed in the middle of the psalm, mm. and then two or three times in Psalm 81, we'll we'll just hear the Lord say, "I just I just wish you'd listen to me mm-hmm. <laughs> with this particular commandment," and we'll see how important it is to worship God and not idols. Okay. Yeah. It's important for us. Um, good, Randy. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank um, you. Everyone listening, thank you for bearing with us. And uh, any questions, you can email them in to podcast at cbcmj.com. Happy to hash them out week to week. And yeah, just dig back into the text midweek. Hopefully it's helpful to you. It is to me. And we'll get back at it again on Sunday, Psalm 81. Okay? All right. Love you guys. See ya. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember... Our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.